0: Good morning everyone and welcome on this sunny day.
1: Let's turn to number 208 and we'll begin our worship with I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day.
2: call to worship, I just want to announce that um, Ellie called me from the hospital on Friday, and um, she didn't sound great, and she was asking for prayer. So Sally's stepping up today, and she will do our call to worship.
0: Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> this is from Psalm 118, verses 14 to 24. The Lord is my refuge and defense, and he has become my deliverer. Hark! Shouts of deliverance in the camp of the victors. With his right hand, the Lord does mighty deeds. The right hand of the Lord raises up. I shall not die, but live to proclaim the works of the Lord. The Lord did indeed chasten me, but he did not surrender me to death. Open to me the gates of victory. I will enter by them and praise the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The victors shall make their entry through it. I will praise thee, for thou hast answered me and has become my deliverer. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day on which the Lord has acted. Let us exalt and rejoice in it.
2: Uh, Amen. The second Sunday of Advent is traditionally all about peace and, and the fulfillment of that in Christ. But today we're going to really emphasize the new life that we have in Jesus. And in the Spirit, it is a life of love and joy and peace, which is three of our four Advent Sundays. So let's continue to worship the Lord, singing about his amazing grace in Jesus, number 299. Lord God, we've gathered here this morning to to worship you in person. It's a great thing that we're able to be here. And also we are aware that some are tuning us in over the Internet. Father, we pray that your spirit would be with all of us, uniting us with you and therefore uniting us with one another. And you are worthy of our praise and our worship, so please, by your Spirit, just remove all the clutter from us. Um, Set us free from all distractions. Let us focus on you and you alone. We ask in the name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And now, uh, let us take our bulletin inserts. Uh, We will be using them uh, twice here. First, uh, for the prayer of confession uh, with the words of David. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity, And cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions. And my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned. And done what is evil in your sight. So you are proved right when you speak. And justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth. Sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Surely you desire truth in the inner parts. You teach me wisdom in the inmost place. Cleanse me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will turn back to you. Amen. And we can take great comfort in the words the Apostle John was inspired to write towards the end of his life. He may have been 90 years old at the time. If we confess our sins, he... Is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's God. All we really need is forgiveness of sins, but to cleanse our unrighteousness and remake us into His image, that's a beautiful bonus. Well, now, as we get ready to light our second Advent candle, if you'll continue on in your bulletin inserts, We'll do this responsive reading from Isaiah 52. Awake, awake, clothe yourself in your strength, O Zion. Clothe yourself in your beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city. For the uncircumcised and the unclean will no more come into you. The
1: up, all the all Calvary. Calvary. Calvary.
2: For thus says the Lord, you were sold for nothing and you will be redeemed without money. For thus says the Lord God, my people went down and first came to, heaven, to reside with him. Now, therefore, what do I have here, declares the Lord, seeing my people have been taken away without cause? And again, the Lord declares, those who rule them howl, and my name is continually blasphemed all day long.
1: Therefore, my people shall know my name. Therefore, in I am the one who Here I am.
2: How lovely on the mountains are the feet of Him who brings good news, who announces peace and brings good news of happiness, who announces salvation and says to Zion, Your God reigns. Listen, listen. are lift up their, their voices. Their their voices, voices they shall shout joyfully together. together. Amen. So now we will light, uh, relight the candle of hope, which we uh, lit last week, and then the candle of peace. Whoops. <laughs> peace today. So there's hope and peace both of which are ours in Jesus Christ. And now, uh, since we seem to be celebrating all of the aspects of Advent, let us sing this song of joy, number 214, Good Christian Men Rejoice. we will have the reading of God's Word for this morning.
0: The reading is from Ezekiel 37, verses 1 to 14. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and he carried me out by his Spirit, and put me down in a plain full of bones. He made me go to and fro across them until I had been round them all. They covered the plain, countless numbers of them, and they were very dry. He said to me, Man, can these bones live again? I answered, Only thou knowest that, Lord, He said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord God to these bones. I will put my breath into you and you shall live. I will fasten sinews on you bring flesh upon you, overlay you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. I began to prophesy as he had bidden me, and as I prophesied, there was a rustling sound, and the bones fitted themselves together. As I looked, Sinews appeared upon them, flesh covered them, and they were overlaid with skin, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the wind, prophesy, man, and say to it, These are the words of the Lord God. Come, O wind, come from every quarter, and breathe into these slain, that they may come to life. I began to prophesy as he had bidden me. Breath came into them. They came to life and rose to their feet, a mighty host. He said to me, Man, these bones are the whole people of Israel. They say, Our bones are dry, our thread of life is snapped, our web is severed from the loom. Prophesy, therefore, and say to them, These are the words of the Lord God. O my people, I will open your graves and bring you up from them. And restore you to the land of Israel. You shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them, O oh, my people. Then I will put my spirit into you, and you shall live, and I will settle you on your own soil, and you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and will act. This is the very word of the Lord. John 11, 25 and 26. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and I am life. If a man has faith in me, though he die, he shall come to life. And no one who is alive and has faith shall ever die. Do you believe this?
2: Amen. That is the word of the Lord. And now let us go to God in prayer. Three in one, covenant God, we thank you for the gift of life in the eternal son who took on human flesh, a body just like ours, but without any sin, to offer himself as the perfect sacrifice so that through the faith of him, our dead spirits may come to life, a full, rich, and meaningful life filled with your love, joy, and shalom, peace. We stop to think about that. Please help us, especially in teams of two or four, to be witnesses to what you have done for us And in us, in all that we may do and say every minute of every day, as long as we live on this earth, all people live lives of quiet and not-so-quiet desperation, the only hope, the only healing for broken people, and we're all broken in one way or another is in your Son, the Savior, King Jesus Christ. Please help all people everywhere to respond positively to the convicting, convincing work of the Holy Spirit concerning sin, ours, righteousness, the righteousness of the Word made flesh, and judgment, And we all know that once to die, then comes the judgment. May we all escape the judgment we deserve by fully trusting in the one who took our judgment on himself, even though in no way ever did he deserve to be judged unto death. And may we all live in his resurrection life, And may we experience his sacrificial death leading to life later on in the sacrament. And we pray for our shrinking world, where news travels almost instantaneously these days, that your will would be done in the whole world. We pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ in Ukraine, China, Korea, Central Africa, Asia, that through their faith and your spirit being in them, that the oppressors may be shamed by their lives to repentance and salvation. And let there be a revival of your church and an awakening in the population all around the world and especially here in the United States where the power structure is almost um, all faithless and idolatrous. Please, oh please, help them because they have been calling evil good and good evil. And Lord, we all need you. And please, please let your people, especially those in the pro-life, pro-woman arena, continue their powerful witness to your truth in love. And we pray for our church family. We pray for Allie. Be with her in the hospital, heal her. And give all of the medical staff wisdom to uh, participate in her healing. And we pray for her son-in-law, Michael's niece, Kate, Um, Please do a miracle in her life. Continue to do one. We also pray for Doris, Elin, and others in our church family who are not present with us physically this morning. And I want to say a special prayer for, for my brother Ray. And we pray for your continued blessings on Renato. And we thank you that he brought Luis to us. We pray for Ken and Rob, and Mary. And we also uh, pray for um, Noel and Darren, who may be with us now, virtually. And also, uh, Father, for uh, Al and Carol and all the many struggles that they are facing. I know they would like to be here if they could. And we just pray for others within our church family. We also think of uh, Allie's twin sister, Emmy and, and Kurt's aunt, Linda, and we pray for Kurt as well. And Father, I pray you would help me to explain, interpret, and rightly apply your word. And please, please, uh, may your spirit be with us and cleanse us all from sin as we participate in the sacrament of communion after we open ourselves to your word. And now we come together when we run out of words of our own. We're so grateful for the words Jesus taught us to pray. And with one heart and one voice, we pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done Now, before we go uh, deeper into God's word, which we just heard read, uh, I will confess, and I'm ashamed to confess it, there's many wonderful Christmas carols, and I have about four or five favorites, but this one Number 191 Hark the Herald Angels Sing is my all-time favorite and Debbie even got me a music box that has this carol on it. 191 Hark the Herald Angels Sing.
1: Hark Of the virgin's womb built in flesh the God see, seen held incarnate.
2: gift that God has given humanity in his son, the savior king is life. And as John's gospel tells us as we work our way through it, it is life that is eternal. It is life that is abundant. And it is life that has purpose and meaning in it. Now we are all born With dead spirits that must be brought to life by hearing about Jesus and also believing in him. In fact, Jesus said in John's gospel, which is our primary gospel for this year, that these are the two conditions hearing and believing that are necessary to cross over from death. life. And this, when this happens, when we cross over, we become complete human beings with a body and a soul that we're born with and a now living spirit. Moreover, the Holy Spirit who brought our dead spirit life now dwells in us and teaches us all about the word that he inspired. And through reading it and through his enabling and empowering of us, we live by his word. And then as we daily practice God's will, as expressed in his word, we begin to think his thoughts, feel his feelings, Desire his desires. People, the only healing for the soul is in Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. Now, today's passage in Ezekiel is about a vision he received from God of a resurrection. And and I want to just say this here, it's not in the, the notes. But when I was in seminary and Doug Stewart was teaching us Hebrew, and he had some published books, he told us that the book he was working on was Resurrection in the Old Testament. Now, here's you know, 25 seminarians, and we're saying, how much is the resurrection in the Old Testament? And he said... A lot more than most people realize. And that's what we have here this morning. Ezekiel witnessed the resurrection. God's spirit stirred dead bones and restored physical bodies to them. But still they needed the spirit of God in them. And this is a dramatic example of how God's spirit can bring life to people who are dead. We learned from Ezekiel this morning that God raises dead bones by his spirit. And then we heard from the gospel how Jesus declared he is God and he is both life and the resurrection. So, um, after he ascended to the father 's throne in heaven, the Holy Spirit that he and the Father sent together on his followers revealed to the apostle. Paul, the ninefold fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's in Galatians, the first three are love, joy, and peace, which is in reverse order what we do the next three weeks of Advent. And we celebrate what Jesus has given us now and look forward to the fulfillment at his second coming. So let's now go deeper into our passages. First in Ezekiel. Now the first part is um, God's announcing what he's going to do and then he's doing it. So the spirit brings Ezekiel to a valley of bones to prophesy life. They come together with muscle and skin. And then he prophesies for breath to blow on them and to come to life. The resurrection is then complete. So first we're told that Ezekiel is brought by the spirit to a valley of dry bones and commanded to prophesy life. Now let's look at it verse verse. It's not that long of a passage. And I'm going to talk about Ezekiel in the third person, although it's a first-person narrative. So the hand of Yahweh was on Ezekiel to carry him out. His spirit made him rest in a bone-filled valley. And also, he made him, God made him pass round and round, many in the open many of the bones. Behold, they were very dry. So Ezekiel, which means strengthen of God, is brought by the three-in-one covenant God to a valley full of dry bones. What's happening here? Well, this happened in about maybe 580 BC, so this was after the third and last Babylonian invasion of Judah in 586 BC when Jerusalem was totally destroyed, okay? Now, by this time, Ezekiel was in Babylon, And by traveling routes, it was 900 miles, maybe a little shorter as the crow flies and the Holy Spirit would lead him in a straight line. But he's picked up by God from Babylon and brought all the way back to Jerusalem. And and what is happening here was when they took Jerusalem, most of Judah's army was slain in this final battle and just left unburied. So their flesh would have been eaten by birds and animals of prey. And in Judea, where Bethlehem is, the annual rainfall was barely 10 inches a year. It was mostly hot, dry sun. It would have quickly dried and bleached all these bones. And then God says to Ezekiel, Son of man, can these bones live? And Ezekiel gives the right answer. He answered, Adonai Yahweh. You, only you, know. You see, this is humanly impossible, right? We all know that. People cannot bring life to dry bones scattered on a plain in a valley. But Ezekiel knows what Jesus proclaimed that I've given you four times in the Gospels, that all things are possible with the covenant God, with the Lord covenant God, Adonai Yahweh. And I'm going to mention it here. Around about 1988, I began to think whenever I was reading the Old Testament and Psalms that Adonai Was a name for Jesus, the pre incarnate Jesus. And Yahweh was the name of the Trinity God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit together. And I only told Debbie because I thought maybe I'm off the wall. But then when I went to seminary, and Debbie had already bought John Calvin's complete institutes, you know, 1,500 pages, four books. And there are 80 to 90 pages in one of the sections where Calvin says just what I said. So either we're both wrong or that's the way it is. Okay, so. Ezekiel knew all things were possible. He says, you know. Then Ezekiel's commanded to prophesy to the dry bones. Hear the word of Adonai Yahweh. I am causing breath to enter you, and you've lived, and I've given you sinew, muscles, and I've covered you in skin, and given breath in you, and you have lived, and you know that I am Yahweh. So first, the bones, the dead, dry bones must hear the word of Yahweh. And then we hear three stages. Yahweh God raises these bones to life, one, by giving them muscles, two, by covering them in skin, and finally giving them breath. God raises dry bones by his spirit. Now this knowledge when they had come back to life, they know He is the covenant God, because they have experienced experienced personally a humanly impossible resurrection, passing from death. To life. I, I love that the most common word for knowledge in scripture is what we experience. This is how we really know God. We can read about him. We can hear others talking about him, but we need to experience him ourselves, his awesome, powerful love. And then ask. Um, Ezekiel now follows the command he's been given by this covenant God. The bones rattle together with sinews and flesh, but there's no spirit. And then he prophesies to the wind, and they come, and the bones come to life, the bodies come to life, an exceedingly great army. Again, that's the summary. Let's look in detail. Then he prophesies as he was commanded. And then there was a noise, and behold, rattling, then bones came together, and he looked. Behold, sinews and flesh came upon them, and skin covered them, but not breath in them. So these bodies were perfectly put back together again, but there was no soul or spirit in them. They're still lifeless. Then Yahweh said to Ezekiel, prophesy to the breath, son of man. Thus says Adonai, Yahweh, come, breath, from the four winds and blow on these slain and they will live. And Ezekiel says, I prophesied. Then breath came into them and they lived and stood on their feet, a great army, much exceeding. Now, I've kind of glossed over it. You may have heard me. There is one word here in Hebrew, ruach, and it's been mostly translated breath, but it can also be translated as wind or spirit, both God's Holy Spirit and the human spirit this one word has all of that meaning and and as i thought about this the end of the first half of our passage the word that came into my heart and mind was you must be born again i believe this very passage is part of the background of what Jesus said to Nicodemus when he said, you must be born from above. You see, all people who finally come to the end of themselves, when that happens, God's Holy Spirit brings their dead spirit to life, to life when they turn to God in the faith of the faithful Messiah, Savior Messiah, Jesus Christ. And this is for all, not just in scripture years ago, but for all people even now who confess their failures to Father God and cry out to him in faith. Then it says they stood on their feet. These slain soldiers now all stand on their feet, an exceedingly mighty army for God. And I think this is important. It came to me this morning when I was going over this. Maybe when they were slain and given all the idolatry and apostasy in Judah at the time, they were mostly out there fighting for themselves. Now that God has given them new life, real life, In his spirit, they're all in for God. Okay, finishing up the Ezekiel passage and transitioning to the gospel. Yahweh tells Ezekiel the meaning of this vision that he saw. The bones are Israel, whom he will bring back to their land with his spirit. And then Jesus says in a passage that is very familiar to many Christians and often said at funerals. Whoever is believing in him will never die. So finishing up the Ezekiel passage, Adonai Yahweh tells Ezekiel, the bones are the house, all of the people of Israel, whom he will take from their graves to their land, and they'll receive his spirit. So, starting with verse 11, Adonai Yahweh says to Ezekiel, These bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they are saying, Our bones have dried up, and our hope has perished, and we have been cut off us. So, this section here is their lament in captivity. God gives the interpretation now for Ezekiel. It's not just this wonderful resurrection he saw in a valley of bones. All of the 12 tribes of Israel are now experiencing dryness in their lives. I said this was around 580-something B.C., just a couple years after Judah had begun 70 years of captivity, a 1,000 miles from home in Babylon. But over 130 years earlier, maybe 135 years earlier, the rest of the tribes in Israel were already dispersed to the nations. And what's going on here is after all that time over a century, they had no hope of restoration Not in their own strength, not in their own mind. So God continues, therefore prophesy. Thus says Adonai Yahweh, behold, I'm opening your graves. And my people I have caused you to rise from your graves. More resurrection language. And I have brought you into the land of Israel speaking as if it has already happened. And this often happens in prophecy, past tense verbs used for something that is future to us. And it will happen when Cyrus issues his decree 70 years after they were led away captive. You can read about it in Ezra 1. The Lord, the covenant God, will restore the remnant of Israel to the land he spoke about to Abraham that would be for his descendants forever. And then he says, you've known that I am Yahweh. When I open your graves and bring you up, my people. And again, same language for emphasis. First, when he was speaking, now that it has happened and he's interpreting it, Yahweh repeats the truth that experiencing God's life, giving, power, brings people to know him. That's how we know him when we experience him. This is true of the first advent or coming of Jesus Christ, okay? But we will fully know him experientially when he comes the second time. And his second coming is our hope. As we live in this world in the year of our Lord, 2022, we are looking forward to his return when everything is made right. And then concluding our passage God says, I have given my spirit in you and you have lived, you have lived. And I have made you to rest in your land and you have known that I, Yahweh, have spoken and I have done it. And I like the way the New English Bible puts it, I've acted. God is a God of action who's always doing his word." So the indwelling Holy Spirit, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, which happens to all who are believing in God through Jesus, let's bring it forward to our day. It's a result of the first advent or coming of Jesus. Now, eternal life in God's Spirit is the fulfillment of all that Jesus instructed his disciples while he was on earth. And it's on the back of your bulletins. And I urge you to read. This is in Galatians. But basically, it's summed up this way. All who have God's spirit in them have been raised by God. In this case, way back in Ezekiel's day, it was dead bones that came to life because of God's spirit. For us, it's when our dead spirits come alive and we're joined to God. God raises dead bones by his spirit. Now, with this as a background, we're ready for what Jesus said to Martha up in John's gospel. He says, whoever is believing in him may in no way ever die. And then he challenges Martha, do you believe this? Okay, let's just take these two verses um, phrase by phrase. Jesus said to her, I am The resurrection and the life. The one believing in me, even if he may be dead, he will live. Jesus is using the divine name here. It's how the divine name was translated into Greek. He uses it for himself, the name of the Trinity Covenant God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob renamed Israel. And he's telling Martha the sister of Lazarus, who's been dead four days, that as the eternal God, he has power to raise her brother from death to his life. And Lazarus was believing in Jesus right up to the moment of his physical death. So he says, you know, Believe me, do you believe me? I am the resurrection and the life. Lazarus will live. Sooner or later, he will be raised because of his faith. God raises dead bones, dead people to life by his spirit. Jesus continues, and each one who is living and believing in me may in no way ever die, all the way to eternity, living and believing. These are the two conditions Jesus' promise is for all who continually day after day for all of their life are believing in him. Faith is the victory. Faith is the key. And in the strongest human language possible, in the strongest Greek Jesus is declaring such people will never die even though their body die they are alive and they will be resurrected in other words from now from the moment we surrender to God and put our faith in Jesus Christ from now until forever those believing in Jesus have a life of peace with God in, uh, with God in Jesus, okay? God in Jesus, Yahweh in Adonai. And they will be guarded by God's peace, Philippians 4. And that's one of my memory verses, okay? It's a certainty of life after physical death. And it gives us great peace, Peace comes from believing in Jesus so as to in no way ever die. And then Jesus asks the big question. He concludes his words to Martha. Are thou believing this? This is the life and death question we must all be always answering. And it's this. Do I have a continuous, life-giving, life-changing, humble, dependent, obedient faith in Jesus? And may we all always answer yes. Yes. No. Let me put this in before we wrap it all up. The world we live in is a challenging place. And no one can live a stress-free life loving and being loved in his or her own strength. But when a person finally comes to the end of his or her own efforts to live meaningfully and making a difference. He or she is ready to come to God by Jesus. Jesus is the only miraculously conceived and born man. He lived a life of power and love, love to God and love to people. He healed broken people and taught about the person of God, the ways of God. Then he gave his life as a payment for our brokenness and our failure. And then he came back from the dead, appeared to his followers for 40 days and returned to his father. Then he sent the Holy Spirit on the 50th day after his resurrection. Now, whoever confesses his or her failure to father God and asks to be forgiven because of what Jesus did, that one will be forgiven, crossing over from death to life, a life of love and joy and peace and be adopted into God's family to live with him from now until forever. I pray that everyone who hears this will be this way, will have this faith in the amazing person of Jesus Christ, have his life, have his spirit, have his love and joy and peace. Wrapping it up, quick summary. Ezekiel is given a powerful vision of dry bones of conquered Israelites coming back to life and body and soul and spirit to be an army for God. May we be God's army. Not just alone, that's not an army, but together in him. 600 years later, Jesus declares himself to be the resurrection and the life and that any and all who are hearing him and believing him will in no way ever die. People, keep on believing. Let us keep on believing because God raises dead bones. He raises dead spirits by his Holy Spirit. Amen. And now let us prepare for communion by singing 265. Let us break bread together. Before we begin communion, if anyone does not have a communion kit, they're on the table over there, and now's the time to get it. But I think you all do. All right, so let us do our communion responsive reading. It's in the bulletin insert. The table of bread is now to be made ready. It is the table of company with Jesus and all who love him.
1: It is the table of sharing with the poor of the world with which Jesus identified himself.
2: So come to the table, you who have much faith, and you who would like to have more. You
0: who have been here often, and
1: you who have not been here a long time.
2: You Jesus you Come. It is Christ who invites us to meet Him here. Loving God, through your goodness, may we know your presence in the sharing, so that we may know your touch and presence in all things. We shall the light of One in Christ and one with each other, we offer these gifts and with them ourselves, a single living act of praise. Amen. And now let us pray. Holy Lord God, by what we do here in remembrance of Christ, we celebrate his perfect sacrifice on the cross and his glorious resurrection and ascension. We declare that he is Lord of all, and we prepare for his coming kingdom. We pray through you, Holy Spirit, this bread may be for us the body of Christ, and this cup, the blood of Christ. Accept our sacrifice of praise as we eat and drink at his command, unite us to Christ as one body in him and give us strength to serve you in the world. And to you, one holy and eternal God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we give praise and glory now and forever. Amen. And let us now partake of the bread and the cup. Amen. In Christ, may we be part of his mighty army. So take your bulletin inserts. Our closing hymn, or anthem this morning is in Christ alone.
1: stone this solid ground From
2: or good word comes from Paul's letter to the churches in Rome for the mind set on the flesh is death but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace because the mind set on the flesh is hostile toward God for it does not subject itself to the law or instruction of God for it is not even able to do so And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. However, you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. And if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, yet, The Spirit is alive because of righteousness. So for our final chorus, we're going to sing number 185, Emmanuel. And I bet you didn't know that you knew Hebrew, because literally this would be translated, with us, God, God with us in English. Good grammar.